Hopefully the rest of you talk as much as Lacey is back there. So John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, um, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Um, all right, we'll stop there. So last week we talked about being commanded to abide in Christ, and as a result, we will bear fruit. All right, so that is the expectation. All right, as a disciple of Christ or as abiding, being in the vine, fruit will be born. All right, and if there's no fruit, um, then we need to examine ourselves and ask why there is no fruit. <clears throat> um, because it's pretty clear in scripture and last week we looked at several passages in first john showing us that um you know there's really no middle ground you know we're either bearing fruit because we're in the vine or we don't bear fruit because we're not in the vine um now we're, we'll talk a little bit more today so second we are meant to bear good fruit all right so i think i left you with the question in what way do we have a choice in the type of fruit that we will produce all right, and, and again, taking away like bad fruit, all right, we're, we, that's not going to be part of our consideration, all right, because if, if you're in the vine, you're not going to, you won't, you know, we know scripture says by the fruit you'll know them, whether saved, unsaved, follower of Christ, not. So we'll just kind of remove that from the equation for this discussion. Does that make sense? Yes, no. Some of you, yes. All right, so. Basically, I'm saying, I'm, I'm talking about Christians now, all right? You, your faith's in Christ. So in that, as a believer, all right, so as someone who is trusting Christ, following Christ, what choice do you have in the type of fruit that you will produce? Uh, I think uh, you have to have good fruit. However, there are different troubles that Jesus gave that the type of fruit you can produce 30, 60, 100%. Okay, good. So. All right, so we have the different parables about different levels of fruit, the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, or it's defined a little differently here and there, but yes. All right, good. So what do we make of that? Why is it that some only have 30, some have 60, some have 90 or 100 or whatever? What makes a difference in that? Okay. Perhaps the desire, your your walk. Your walk. All right. What else? All right. How much effort you put into it? <coughs> Anything else? Yep. Uh, I think so. It's whether or not you're using specific gifts God is giving okay. you. Okay. Like you could be doing God's work, but not the work specifically He wanted you to do. So you're not going to be as successful as if we're doing the specific task He wanted you to be doing. All right. Good. Anybody else have a thought? The Holy Spirit. All right, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
How many of you, within reason, how many of you felt like you tried as hard as you could in high school or college? <laughs> Two of us? Come on. <laughs> Three of us? <laughs> All right. All right, how many of you, let me back, how many of you teach school or have taught school? All right, there's more of you then. All right, we'll, we'll go with that one. How many of you had students that tried their best but didn't get A's and hundreds on everything they did? No, Carmen? You know, your students, you, you never had one that really tried hard but didn't get, like, straight A's? Okay, yes, all right. <laughs> So why is that? Why can a student try really, really hard and still get a C? Because they're just not the way some people are wired. You know, some people just not to get all scientific, but some people are right, right brain, left brain. Some people need to process math. Okay. All right. And and sometimes as well the the way the the teacher addresses course. Because, okay. Because we have the experience uh, of a girl like uh, putting all her effort during high school and wasn't straight A, but then when she went to college and then she were like she blossomed and did really well. All right. Does everybody have the same IQ? Nope. No. No. I I mean a lot of it is, you know a. You know, God made us all differently, and we have different IQs, we have different talents, we have different abilities, we have different mechanisms, different ways of learning. So, you know, someone with an IQ of, you know, 90, you know, they're, they're not going, the expectation for them can't be as much as someone with an IQ of 130. You know, there is a disparity there. <clears throat> You know, they can do their dead level best and, and really work hard and do everything within their grasp, but they still won't achieve the same as potentially someone at 130 degree that's doing their best and really pushing as well. So both of them are doing the same. They're both doing their best. They're both doing everything they can. But what would we say? Well, the 130 degree IQ person is more successful because the, the, they're producing more fruit all right so even what this just goes back to being faithful with what yes right so it within the parable the 30 the 60 the 90 a lot of that has to do with some are in, some are um entrusted with much more talent and ability than others and so you know if you're faithful with few then in the end god's going to reward us equally or evenly somewhat i mean we'll all be rewarded well done thou good and faithful servant now we also know that you know depending on whether you wanted to take it literally or metaphorically you know the, you know he also says you know i'll make you ruler over 10 cities as opposed to i'll make you ruler over five cities so at some point you know there is more authority more um, reward given to some than others but you know, again, we could argue maybe that's because some have put forth more effort and worked harder than others, and so they're going to be rewarded for the effort, not just their production. Does that make sense? All right. So I think it's kind of twofold. You know, one, if you have more talent and abilities, the expectation is that you better produce more, and you have a better opportunity of accomplishing more in your life for God. 
And if you do, you know, do that, then you will be rewarded in eternity for that. But the person that, you know, they worked just as hard, they did everything they could, that you might not see as much results in the temporary here, but God's going to reward them just the same um, in the future as well. Does that make sense? So as far as our choice and the type of fruit that we produce, you know, I think it really comes down to, you know, this idea of good, better, and best. You know, we can all, you know, I think as believers, you know, we want to do good. You know, that's kind of, as a follower of Christ, it's okay. We know the right, we, we, we know the difference between, you know, straight, right, and wrong. Um, you know, we know that we should be kind. We know that we should be generous. We know we shouldn't cut people off in traffic. We know we shouldn't give somebody the middle finger when they do it to us, and on and on. Okay, we, you know, it's like, we, we know that kind of thing. But is there more that we can do? You know, is there a better avenue? And then once we, you know, as we grow from just the good to the better, do we see things as the Holy Spirit speaks to us um, and matures us? Then is there a level where we step from, okay, I know this is better, but I can, you know, there's something even better than that, the, the best. And so in life, it's a growing process where we're willing to sacrifice good things to do even better things. Um, you know, that have a more potential to reach people. Um, you know, just simple illustration, you know, instead of just going, you know, if you had an opportunity to, you know, go door to door to hand out tracts or share the gospel, but you could go to the prison or to the juvenile detention center and you had six or eight kids there that were pretty much, a, a uh, what would you call captive it? A, a what? Captive yeah, captive audience. audience. Well, what's what's the better option? You know, well, it's good to go speak to somebody one on one, but it, it might be better your time better spent going to where you had eight young people that you could speak to, because you have more of an impact. You know, and then if you had an opportunity, you could go to a nursing home and have thirty, forty, fifty residents in a room that want to be there. Most of them. Um, I know when I did nursing homes, sometimes they just push people in and they didn't want to be there. But for the most part, they wanted to be there, you know, and speak to them. Well, that that increases your opportunity to impact even greater. So it's this idea of, you know, I can impact somebody one on one. I can impact a small group, a micro group, or I can impact a larger group. You know, expending the same amount of energy and time. And, and so that's how I, you know, I choose. I, I choose how I'm going to do that. And so what fruit I'm going to bear from that um, as well. Um, Steve, yes. Uh, I have an example. You know, uh, I'm scheduled to go to the detention center next week. We should. We take our turn. But I've always wanted to know, and I pray every time, that how can I be more effective in my, only if we get a half an hour that's it. Right. So what I've decided, I mean, we used to call them pair of twos, but we used to have the manpower right now. So I've asked my, I have other pastor friends, and they have expressed interest in going with me. So I'm going to start taking one of my pastor friends with me. They can give a short message. Right. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. They have time for that. 
and they probably are more developed than I am in providing that message to the kids. Right. So we're all we're always looking for a better way to do it. Yeah. So it would be more effective. Right. And and even in your yes, in your in in all that we do, we should constantly be looking. How can I more effectively communicate, proclaim Christ, um, and get the word out? So yes, you know, even one on one through you know my work experience and my work ethic and all that. Yes. Same same attitude. I praise God every day, and I ask Him to bring people, and He does. Right. Oh yeah. Brings people to. Yep. He will. You know, we see Jesus and Paul both admonish us to bear fruit that is recognized as good by God, other believers, and the unsaved as well. Um, I love this verse, Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, just, just as you look at that, what are some thoughts that come to your mind? That God's what? That God's equipped his people. Okay, yes, God has equipped his people. All right, what else? All right, yes. You know, as a follower of him, you know, when I when I am his workmanship, you know, as I have put my faith and trust in him, the expectation now is that I do good works. You know, it's again, I don't really have a choice. You know, it comes back to that what we talked about a couple weeks ago. I can't say Jesus is my Lord, my savior, but not my Lord. You know, he, he's got to be both. Um, because he bought me at that, you know, the point that I put my faith and trust in him, I've been purchased by him. <laughs> and I owe him a debt, so I, I have to pay that debt. Um, you know, we can, you know, even if we want to parallel that, we go back to the Old Testament. What does the Old Testament say about vowing a vow? Bowing a vow. It says it's better not to vow than it is to make one and not fulfill it, Right? You know, so the whole point when when Christ has purchased us and we profess faith in Him, I've got to live that out. I've got to follow through with that. Right? All right. What else do we see in here? God prepared the opportunities or the works ahead of time. Yeah. For us to be able to do. I mean, is that just think about that? Is that not cool? That like they're good works that God has prepared. That for tomorrow, for this week, next week, next next year, like there there are things that I that you know he he's going to bring things into my life with the expectation that I'm going to do the right thing and and do a good work for him in that. Um, well, I think that and then that last part that we should walk in them, but and that's our obligation. Yes, he's prepared us, he's equipped us. And now we must be faithful yeah back to faithfulness and we think about the the fruit that we're to exhibit and i think you know there's some nuances there like fruits of the spirit versus Galatians versus the uh, you know, i also think about gifting like how we're gifted like some are uh, to be overseers some are to be you know teachers evangelists so on and so forth pastors Right. But yeah, that's that's a good point too because you know, God is going to give the opportunities for us to do good works, but do we always do good works? <laughs> no. I, I mean, there are moments when we fail. Um 
you know, I know there are times that, you know, something's, you know, something's there and it's like, I feel like, okay, I probably should do this. You know, whether it's, you know, somebody comes up and asks me for money at Lowe's or whatever. And I don't know. It's, I don't know if it happens to you or not, but sometimes I feel led to help. And then sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I just feel like, you know, no, like I don't, I, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's really guiding me or not. But, you know, there've been other times where I felt like he was like, yes, you know, you need to help this person. And there are times that I haven't. And then, you know, you drive away going, man, I just blew it. Like, I really think I should have helped them. (laughs) And I feel like, you know, that was something that, you know, God had prepared something, a good work for me to do. And I I missed it. I I blew it. Um, You know, there have been times that I circled back around and tried to find the person and say, you know, hey, you know, I, I just feel led like I need to give this to you and see if I can talk to him. For a few minutes so again it's this idea we've got to be following the leadership of the holy spirit and realizing that you know if when he does have um when he needs us to to do that he's going to make it happen or give us that opportunity um to make it happen but again we it's up to us to follow through and choose to do that good any other thoughts on this verse any other things you think about? Amen. To that. Amen. <laughs> All right, Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Be not deceived, or don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that will you also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not give up. Um, so again, just this promise of, you know, when you fail, what do you do? You get back up and you just, you keep trying. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I never really played football, um, but I love to watch football. And, and the reason I love to watch it is, you know, <laughs> yeah, I love to watch the plays because what happens to the linemen? They all get, you know, somebody's going to, somebody's going to get knocked down. You, you know, they hit each other and somebody's going down at some point. But, you know, they don't just lay there and go, oh, man, you know, he got me that time. I'm just going to, I quit. You know, take, coach, I'm out. No, they get back up and then it's, you know, talking smack on you. Okay, you got me that time, but I'm going to get you now. You know, and it's just, it, it just motivates them to get back up and to fight harder kind of idea. Or, you know, the quarterback misses a throw and you can see on his face the disgust of, man, I can't believe I missed that. And then, you know, he doesn't just say, oh, take me out. I'm done. No, it's, you know what, now I'm going to get the pass right next time kind of idea you know and i think we've got to implement that in our walk with christ that no i'm not going to get it right every time but when i miss when i mess up i just need to bounce back up and say you know what i'm not going to let that defeat me i'm just going to continue i'm going to persevere i'm going to endure i'm just going to keep going and and next time i'm going to get it right i'm going to really try hard to get it right the next time you know if i fail again i'm still going to get back up and, you know, they talk about the, the great defensive linemen and, you know, they talk about, you know, I hate to be the tackle or the guard on that side because, you know, that guy always gets through. You know, it kind of stinks to be that guard or tackle that's having to protect yourself against, you know, like the pro linebacker that's, you know, going to, you know, and you know ahead of time, dude, man, you know, he's coming after me. You know, and just because he's a lot, you know, again, it comes back. If that pro linebacker is a whole lot better than you as the offensive guard or tackle guess what you're probably going to get beat most of the time 
but that doesn't mean you quit. It just means you have to work even harder and try to change how you do things to try to keep him from doing that. So that's our mindset. You know, if Satan attacks us, then you know what? I'm going to counter and, you know, I'm going to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, do something different. You know, and when Satan figures that out and then counters that, we just keep countering. You know, it's kind of like a chess game. And you just got to keep figuring it out till you get a checkmate. And, um, you know, ultimately, Christ is going to get the checkmate. And so we just need to keep following him and allowing him to guide us. Um, John, would you pray for us this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you for gathering our fellowship today. I ask that you be with us the rest of the week, that we may be able to have the boldness from you to speak the word to others. I pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.